Welcome to the Dynasty Time Podcast. It is the week one recap. Scott is here along with my co-host, Logan. Hey, Scott. How's it going? See, see this is the problem. It's a wacky podcast. This is the problem. Scott Logan's all Logan. melancholy before we get on here. And then you get on <laughs> and you try to make him the co-host again. And then he perks right up. It's like... Jesus, man, what do we got to do for this guy? But hey, whatever. Have you never heard of like an actor like, you know, saving his energy and really like just getting in the zone before it's time to perform? I mean, that's all this is. The small talk that you guys waste time with beforehand. No one's interested in that. Like, let's talk some fantasy football and ideally let's talk about my victory as many times as we can as we can. <laughs> wow. Yeah. All well, right. we do have other people here. Uh, special guests today, Dan. <laughs> Welcome. Nice. That Welcome was good back. delivery. Yeah. I haven't actually laughed at anything you guys have ever said, but that was funny. That's nice. Uh, and then 1-0, and best in the league, Jutang clan owner, David Alster is here with us. Welcome to the pod. Happy feeling? to be here. Feeling great. Thanks for uh, inviting me. Okay, well, let's get into what happened in week one. And we're going to do this slightly differently. We're going to go as fast as we can. It's going to be about 10 to 12 minutes here, 90 seconds per matchup. And we're just going to rapid fire through all the teams and get you all the news that you need. So are we ready to do this, everyone? I'm so excited. Let's roll. Oh gosh, Logan's energy levels just popped up. Yeah, I'm on the treadmill right now. I'm literally running as we do this, and we're gonna keep it going here. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, how do I start a timer? I need to start a timer. I'm gonna Google like timer. You want me, do you want me just count? No, I, I, I got it. One, two, Google, Google, three, Google. four. Google has a timer. We're good. That's a good job for him. As that's his training wheels as a potential co-host is. How high can he count? Wait, is he a potential co-host or a? I'm still confused about the host situation. No, he is the host. What happened to Dan? Just, I don't know. Alistair, you're just playing into it. All right, these guys are jackasses. They did a podcast without me on like the one one hour period of my life that I couldn't do it, and now it's a whole thing. But hey, oh right, just, to, 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 clar- to, to clarify situation. for everyone because. I am getting questions in Slack often about what's actually going on from a hosting perspective. <laughs> All three of us are technically still hosts. That said, Dan is on a pip. And, <laughs> and so we really, we're, give, we're, we're coaching him. We're providing Out of the support. Company. We're giving him clear direction and guidance. Um, and, you know, we'll give it a couple weeks and then we'll reevaluate. And maybe we'll, you know, turn it over to the league to decide if we just need to part ways or if he's uh, earned his way back on as an official co-host. So if, I, time fail, will tell. if I fail, I get shipped off to New Delhi or something. So <laughs> no, I thought, I thought pips were just an Amazon thing. I didn't realize it was like a, uh, a global HR, um, like probation situation. Good to know. No, I think they're pretty Apparently. universal. Um, Apparently pretty universal. At, at Amazon, they're like, everyone is just like super scared all the time that they're going to get pipped and it's yeah it's a great that place to work help. it's a that great place to work do, it's, do people come back from the pip i don't i don't no, feel like no, no one ever comes back from it. people like, do that's the end people like, do you guys all work okay. for a very big like 
public companies working for a smaller, really old family owned private company. That shit doesn't exist. Everybody does whatever the hell they want. And if you suck, you're gone in like two weeks. It's glorious. How like you don't have to like coach somebody out like over the course of like a year and then they make improvements for like a few weeks and then they're like we restart the clock. No, here it's like, dude, we don't like you, you don't fit our culture. Peace out. Wow. And that has never that has never in the history of time led to anything improper. Nope. Certainly. (laughs) We've been in business 90 years. I mean, hey, come at me. How's your market share doing? Are you improving that at all? We are. Yeah. Okay. Dynasty time. Fantasy football. Here we go. A minute and a half on the clock. And I'm going to start us off. Let's go. Uh, we got C City Boston played Dan's two time shitty team. Uh, you know, Dan, I feel like you should feel bad about losing, but then again, you lost to the high score of the week. At one thirty-two six, everything went well for the Saxons. Even Amon Ross St. Brown came back, I think, towards the end of the game. The Dolphins put up 23 points. Both running backs were in the upper teens. I mean, they have Jameis Winston throwing for 18 points. So uh, just a truly great performance from C-City Boston. Dan, nothing to be too ashamed of, I don't think, even though you only put up 86 points. I laid an egg, but shockingly enough, I think I was in the top half of points scored this week. There we go. So it's, it was a crazy screwed up week. Hey, congrats to C City. I don't think no, I don't think anybody mentioned them on the post draft stuff. So good for them. I like it. Anything else from anyone? I don't know. Tyler Murray lost Dan. (laughs) What Logan? I said, I'm just sorry about your loss. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Can I get my eighth round pick back for Kyler Murray, Elster? Yes. <laughs> I guess that's a no. I guess that's a no. He's <laughs> not even there. All right. He's not giving it back. All right. Let's 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 move on. Uh, we have uh, prime time, Dan. Yes. Uh, Paul had a good week. I'm not going to lie. I, I was a little harsh on Paul uh, after the Debo Samuel trade, and I'm still not going to – let up on that, but he's got a really good team. He's got two really good wide receivers. 104 points apparently is really good in our league now. Uh, so that's so that's something. Uh, I will say though, you put Debo on that team because he very easily could have that exact same team with Debo Samuel in his Superflex instead of a shitty Trey Lance or Matt Ryan. That is a really scary team. But the real story in this matchup for me, Corncob TD. I'm sorry, Scott. We all. We all talked you up on the last pod. That wasn't really about your, your team management skills. That was more about you as the commissioner. But what in the hell? I mean, you were you were kind of feeling yourself a little bit on Thursday. Not that you was too much, but Cooper Cup going off. I feel like you felt pretty good about things. And then Sunday was not your friend. Darnell Mooney, what? Cole K something, zero. I mean, Alvin Kamara, you knew it was a bad pick when you made it, but I don't know. Yeah. How are you feeling? Yeah, I'm disappointed because the quarterbacks did what I mean, Mariota did just fine. Uh, but yeah, Mooney and Kamat were just a joke. And then the running backs. I don't know. It's not good. Sell it might be sell season soon. <laughs> uh congrats to Paul. Scott, Scott I'm sorry about your loss. <laughs> Such a jackass. Fucking All right. Uh, Logan, you want to talk about the Green Hell game? 
I do I ever. The Green Hell moves to 1 and 0 on the year after defeating the Misfits who fall just a little bit short in their valiant Monday night comeback. Jerry Judy put up 18.2 points on a one huge touchdown right before halftime, but it just wasn't enough as uh, poor performances from Tom Brady and Damian Pierce doomed the Misfits falling five points short of the Green Hell. Greenhow gets the victory, but there is some things to be worried about in Hellland over there. Najee Harris only with 23 yards on the day, saved by a touchdown run. Davis Mills as the quarterback, and somehow something called DJ Chark scoring a touchdown hey. ekes out a victory for, for Greenhow. So Greenhow to 1-0, feeling probably okay in what we all agree is a pretty shitty division. But uh, no reason for the Misfits to panic, and Green Hell shouldn't be too comfortable quite yet. Back to you guys. I love it. See, good. He's not in the studio anymore. He's out in the rain. That's right. Doing yeah. sideline reporting. But hey, Devontae Adams. If anybody else, I was, I personally was a little unsure about Devontae Adams this year. Twenty-five points, a billion targets. It seemed like that's that's going to be big for Green Hell. I think this year. Renfro stock is going down too. Yeah, thanks, Logan. Talking Renfro ball preseason, and I, of course, I'm the one who drafted his. Yeah, I don't know why you did that. Just practice squad ass. All right. I guess we'll uh, move on from there. Was that I a guess, timer? Was that, that a buzzer? There was a timer. Yeah. I love it. I love it. It was Google. We need we'll, something better. We'll figure that out for next time. Yeah, next time. Uh, all right. Can we, can, uh, we get, can we actually get that the, the voice from the draft thing to yell at us? Shouty. Yes. You're out that of time. That would be incredible. Time is up. Homework for Scott. Jutang Clan went to 1 0, our, our guest today, at almost 90 points. So, not like he didn't win just because League Camp sucks. Uh, Hilliard put up 20. Geno Smith, obviously, the stud that he is. We all knew that. Uh, Michael Pittman put up 23 points. So, just a solid performance. 90 points right in the middle. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to pass it over. David, how do you feel after uh, about your team right now? Uh, I listened to the, the previous podcast, um, I think, after, after this performance on Thursday, and it just struck me um, how much you shat on, on this team um, during the podcast recording, and I felt like it was my obligation to defend my lineup um, and, like, this – this lineup that I put together with like four, seven draft picks and like free agents and still beat out um, two out of the three hosts of this podcast and half the league. So uh, I know it's never, I know it's never going to happen again, but I just want to say, you know, middle finger to two of you and uh, the league and that a lot of this is a uh, free agent, management and, and team management and i think uh, some of the other teams out there in my division should be a little concerned the rest of the season oh and this matchup uh lee camps uh i think he just had really bad luck with cd lamb um uh justin fields i don't think he really ever had a chance and i think i just got obviously super lucky with hilliard and geno smith and Pittman's amazing he's the future of my team <laughs> <laughs> well there you go uh, yeah, league camp's rough. It's going to be a long season for him. Uh, we'll talk more about Jutane Clan probably in a little bit. Uh, Dan, why don't you talk about our, our favorite team? 
our favorite team, right? Freelancers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think we all were kind of, most of us on the post draft pod, were pretty excited about these two teams, two of the favorites, two probably the top three, four favorites to win it all this year. Uh, both maybe panicking a little bit. Um, starting with birds. I mean, he, he must've fleeced me on the Deandre Swift trade. Cause he looks like a, a an all-star, whatever they call him in the NFL. But I saw he didn't practice today with an ankle injury, so that's a little sketchy. Uh, so that's Lions. starting up again already. Uh, he's also got Dak and Elijah now who are out for extended period of time. So all that positive talk and I think two of us picking them to go to the finals, that really did him in right away. Uh, freelancers, here's a guy who – here's a guy, right? Here's a guy. I love that say. Here's a guy who usually doesn't even know there's a league or a draft – He's been beaten in every way possible the last few years. So I'm happy that he squeaks this one out. Great defensive pick in the Steelers because we all knew they were going to destroy Joe Burrow. Um, but I do think for freelancers, he's got some upside. Russell Wilson gets better. Tyreek Hill, Christian McCaffrey probably both get better and will be pretty consistent in that 10 to 15 to 20 point range. Plus he's got Stafford on his bench as a backup. So maybe before this this day, this week, I would have said Birds was ahead of Freelancers. I think I'm flipping the script a little bit. And I think Freelancers is one of those top three teams we got to look forward, I look out for moving forward. Wow. And just imagine if he had a second tight end. Oh. But why didn't he start Matt Stafford? I don't think he knew football was starting. He had not <laughs> submitted a lineup before the Thursday game. Yeah, so I don't think right. he knew there was a game or he just didn't think about it. I mean, it was a smart move, but it worked out. <laughs> uh, it worked out because I think if he He's was starting Stafford instead of one of his running backs, he might have lost. He might have lost, yeah. 100%. Uh, it was really close. 3.1 points was his margin of victory. So I think that would have been the difference. So Ooh. I gave him shit for that uh, in the slack. But, hey, it worked out for him. So good on you, Lance. Uh, Logan, how about you talk about the uh, closest game of the week? Oh, and it was close, Scott. Absolute <laughs> devastation and heartache in Appleton, Wisconsin this week as the 5A Bastards fall to Bobby FC in what might be the worst possible loss I can remember seeing in Dynasty Time and some, in some time. Eking out a slight lead late in Monday Night Football until DK Metcalf loses a fumble, costing the 5A Bastards two points and leaving him a half a point shy from victory over Bobby FC. In talking with Derek after the game, he did confirm, while he's frustrated, he understands that he needs his team to step up across the board, and we can't blame just one player for their failures. Cam Akers only touching the ball three times for zero yards is simply not going to get it done in this type of league. Trevor Lawrence, not what you need from a, from a DP and one of your two starting quarterbacks. And while Patrick Mahomes and Saquon will anchor this team going forward, Derek does have a little bit to be worried about. On the other sideline, Bobby FC, it's just the Josh Allen story. We knew that going into the season, and once again, it proved, proved true with 27 points to lead the team. And overall, unremarkable, but solid performances from the rest of his, his lineup. We certainly expect that team to stay strong throughout the course of the year and compete for a playoff spot. Back to you, Scott. Wow. That's just, well that's done. Great reporting. Nice recap. I want to point out that Bobby basically called his shot, whether it was during the draft 
after the draft pod that he was going with Josh Allen. He was embracing the quarterbacks in the league. He now has three on his roster, including what he traded for the other day. This team is looking good to me moving forward. Even though he just scored 86 points. About this is about as optimistic as I could be about an 86 point team after week one, but they almost his entire team underperforms projections. So that's fun. Uh, let's move on. And I get the pleasure of uh, talking about our friend Logan and the NWO who came into the season, you know, slightly confident about his chances this year and, you know, put up over a hundred points was one of what four teams to do that. Uh, so 109.8 had a good performance from Jalen Hurts. Lamar Jackson had a solid performance. So if you're, if you're getting, you know, close to 40 points from your quarterbacks, that's always a good thing. Um, Travis Kelsey did what he didn't do for Corn Cod TVDs last year and put up 26 points. So that was nice. Um, and frankly, we all know there's room to grow here. T. Higgins did nothing, Debo was fine. Um, this team's going to be fine moving forward. On the other side, I think Rossman has to be a little nervous uh, given how Joe Burrow performed. Tannehill did okay, but I don't know if you can trust him getting 16 points a week. That's like a Mariota-type play. Uh, and, yeah, I, I don't know. I, his max might be 90 points. I'm a little worried about him. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> Sorry, Perfect. Paul. I was trying to find something positive to say, but I don't I don't see it at the moment. I mean, Derrick Henry should not be putting Yeah, eight, eight points out of Derrick Henry. Bad. If he has a more normal week and you start Zach Ertz over Cameron Brait, which I kind of thought that was something you should have done, but uh, then maybe this is a game. But, yeah, Logan. Logan and Kittle was hurt. He's good. And Kittle's healthy. I'll point this out on my next I'll, – I'll segue us right into the next matchup, and that's the last one. Right? Let's do yeah. it. Because yep. I, I was going to bring up Travis Kelsey. Am I, am I just not allowed to oh, talk so You're not allowed it? to talk about yourself. Sorry, time's up, sir. Go back to okay. the, Did you hear the beep? Go back to the side of the road and find someone else to talk to. Reporter. Let's let, let's let Logan. Go ahead, Logan. What would you have to say? About yeah, I'll put no, the timer on. for. No, I don't have really seconds. anything to say. I just wanted to be asked. Okay, Dan, keep going. But I guess if you're going if you're going to like give me the opportunity, I'll just point out like the T. Higgins injury definitely like is frustrating. So even in a win, I hope he comes back because we talked a little bit on the podcast about this. Like the talent is obviously very strong. The depth, no, we're not that excited about it. And so if he's actually hurt for any period of time, that would would kind of suck. So it's a win. I'm happy. I'm more worried about him missing time overall right now. But you have Everyone. someone called Johan Dotson on your back. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, I just – I'm not I'm not sure I expect him to – I think he had literally like three targets all game and happened to catch two touchdowns on it. I'm really not overly optimistic that that's a trend that will continue. But, you know, we'll uh, – maybe, but I'm not going to bank on that. I think fortunately the wide receiver pool in, in free agents is, is pretty decent with a, with a high floor. So I feel like you're, you're in decent shape. You're, you're, you have great running backs and great quarterbacks. Like the place that you want to be weak at is wide receiver. 
to be fair, I'm not actually worried. I'm just trying to be mild. <laughs> yeah, can we dump him off the line here? Let's let's finish yeah. this recap we'll situation up. Yeah, go yeah. for it. Uh, so, so we got a we got brother on brother crime here. CR5 is blue 32, little bro beating up on big bro, doubling him up. Uh, Brian, my golf partner, recently feeling bad for you here, sir. Uh, Taysom Hill on his bench was his leading scorer for the week. I'm not really sure how you come back from that. I mean, Eckler did nothing. His running backs are actually okay. Allen Robinson, I, I get in theory, is supposed to be good, but that is a scary situation over there for Blue 32, uh, especially with essentially one quarterback because uh, Drew Locke is the other one on the bench. Um, on the other side, Sierra Pie is this fucking guy. I mean, I should just never say anything bad about him because he'll immediately come back and spank everybody. His team's good, really good. Depth, versatility. He's got a good defense, which matters. But he doesn't have Travis Kelsey. And, uh, you know, I'm going to have a little tally. I know we just beat up on Blue 32. Probably the worst team in the league. Sorry, Brian. Travis Kelsey outscored Mark Andrews by 16 points. Didn't matter this week. We'll see how that plays out moving forward. Logan, do you have anything to say, sir, on this Pizer-Pizer matchup from week one? I, I, I think one of the things I do have to say is in the talk of, you know, who's going to be there at the end. I think we we gave Craig a little love, but clearly not enough. Like, I think this is, he's very, very good. And I don't, I'm a little, I don't know, I'm a little nervous looking at this. Yeah, he, he usually is. And you know what? The A.J. Brown trade coming out of the wire where he gave, we got A.J. Brown for like a, 2028 ninth round pitch. I mean, I'm not, don't get me started on what that means for offseason trades, but that was a very big move. Clearly, if he's going to be that good and the Philly offense is going to be that. Now they played the Lions, but still, yes, Logan, you should be very scared of this team if that's what his team looks like with Michael Thomas on the bench. I mean, yeah, Michael Thomas on the bench, Dobbins, if he's healthy. Also, I think the reality is if this ends up being the third year in a row that the number one overall pick just like ends up being so dominant, it feels like, I don't know, maybe a third round reversal should be in the cards at some point here. Just oh, so now, now it's the system that's against you. I, so. I know I, it benefited me two years ago when I had the first pick and you last year and Craig this year. Not I really. just... My guy got hurt. We're we're literally in the first year of all this. Let's not talk about rule changes at this. I'm point. just I'm I mean, just saying. If I'm we want saying, half the league to be like, screw you guys, this is too confusing. I just think, yeah. if nothing else, we should like maybe let like whoever Craig plays this week get to like set his lineup or something. You know what I mean? I mean, until we figure out this division situation, the guy who came up with that idea doesn't get to make up any more rules. Um, I just decided that as co-host of the co-host of the podcast so yeah let's let's table that put that in the uh put that in the parking lot we can we can just say in hr i mean put that in the parking lot put that in new delhi and we'll revisit it next off season everybody was worried about the division situation but every division is two and two everybody's 500 so that's that's amazing 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 parody that's what you want Uh, okay, let's move on from the week that was. We have a few topics that we want to make sure we get to here. 
obviously the big one, our guest tonight, David Alster. Coming up big, I, I wanted to give you the opportunity. I mean, we talked about it a little bit, but your over-under was two and a half. And, I mean, do you still think that's a legit over-under? Or do you yeah. think the team came out there? I mean, this, this could just be great coaching on your part, too. I don't know if we're not giving you enough credit for motivating the team. Uh, no, it's definitely going to be like two and a half, three and a half games. I, I mean, I'm setting my team up to try to, like, get draft picks at the end of the season. I, I have no real chance of making the playoffs. So what I'm doing right now is, like, legit rebuilding, and I happen to eke out a win in week one. Um, <laughs> there, there's, there's no doubt that my team is absolute shit. It was just kind of fun to see my team actually put up big points in the first week of the season. I'm, uh, I'm decently happy with, with Geno Smith. Um, thank God I still have Michael Pittman on my team because he's going to carry me to, like, I don't know, maybe two or three wins this year. And the Tampa Bay Bucks just continue to be amazing. Um, but I think, I think the three and a half over under is just about right. <laughs> wow. I mean, I have to ask, you're projected to win this week, according to our lovely, amazing, perfect site. Um, I just, you know, if you go to two and oh, I mean, maybe you're a buyer. I mean, maybe you parlay Michael Pittman into three useful starting, starting players and you try to make a run at this thing. I don't know what. What do you think? Yeah, uh, last year's experiment of trading away all of my my players <laughs> and mortgaging my team for the future didn't. I mean, it, it played out well enough. Like I, I won, I was in the championship, and I forgot what the payout was. Like I'm covered for the next two years, which is great. But rebuilding isn't the most desirable position to be in right now. It, it's it's kind of fun because like you know I'm, I'm picking up rookies and I'm like messing around more and I'm holding my my, uh, my blind bidding money a bit. Um, and looking to make some fun trades, uh, but not so fun in that, like, there's no way I'm going to beat, like, CR Pies or Freelancers or, or Lance um, or either of you two. Uh, but, you know. You it, meant Dan and be... me. I just like how you didn't mention Logan there. He's perfect. <laughs> uh, did I not mention Logan? Oh, I think I called him Lance. Weird. Yeah, he called uh, him Lance, which is perfect. Oh, uh, I it's, also, like, it, met, met zero of you in, in person, except for, I think, Dan and Scott and a few other people, but uh, yeah. So just me. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I mean, I think I legitimately think that picking up free agents uh, like I did last year and in years past is like a very, very, like there's like a real strategy in, in tapping the free agent wire and like picking up like guys like Taylor Heineke last year and you know, trying to trade him for like picks. And I mean, there's a lot that you can do and, what I was really trying to say uh, in like the Slack is that, you know, never count anybody out. Cause like, you never know when a handcuff is going to show up and like be the number one RB or if a QB like moves to a different team, like Geno Smith and actually does decently well. And you never know what's going to happen. I love it. I love the approach. This is exactly what we need out of our uh, alleged worst team in the league. Scraping, oh yeah. It's, true. it's like a great way to together take. wins, yes. focusing on the waiver wire. There's options out there. With the super flex, it gives so much flexibility. You make a couple right plays. And if literally, I think 12 teams scored less than 90 points, anything can happen week to week. So, yes, he's going to get smashed a couple times or more than a couple. But 
last time I checked, seven and six, seven and seven makes the playoffs potentially. So, you know, Not never say point. never. Also offended at whoever said that I should like pay two or three years in advance. I like, I feel like that was like implicit in the fact that I was, that I was uh, selling my team last year and like going for the championship and uh, very committed as the owner of the Jutang clan team to being part of this league for another 20 years or whatever you said last time. I like it. Let's go. All right. Uh, that division is terrible. <laughs> so like, nobody you're, got above right. 90 points. Um, so there is a chance to, uh, to definitely pull off a division win there. Desmond Ritter. That's where it's at. <laughs> That's where it is. <laughs> uh, I guess my last question is what were your thoughts on, you know, giving Kyler Murray for an eighth or trying to sell for those picks? I know I was chatting with you a little bit. Um, it was yeah, super like, difficult for, for anyone that's looking to ends up in my position next year. Um, Highly recommend not trading Javante Williams, <laughs> um, who was like my amazing multi-year pick um, for Ezekiel Elliott, um, or like at least, you know, hedging a little bit. I feel like the, the pendulum swung way too far in the direction of like mortgaging your team uh, last season, live and learn. Um, it is not easy to trade draft picks. And I think I got super lucky in getting that eighth round pick for, for Kyler Murray. Um, but I, I was left with only four or seven draft picks and zero draft picks before the fourth round. And that's why my team looks the way it does. Uh, I mean, Love to it. be fair, to be fair, I, I actually, I thought the Javante trade was great. <laughs> for you. <laughs> no, it was, it was, I it was incredible for you. It was incredible for you. I thought that was, was but, That but was I, the smartest I, move you've made, that you made like in the past two years, 100%. He's going to be like the next great running back. I, I mean, I, I honestly, when, when, we, when we talked last year about the trade, I had no idea who he was. Not clear. Oh. I well, just wanted the draft pick that came with it as well. Because you kind of got to that one. I yeah. hate this guy. But it, was actually, it wasn't for Ezekiel. It was actually for Tyler. Yeah, so oh, in the end, you're right, you're in right. the end, you can. It really wasn't that bad of a trade for you too, because you got that eighth rounder for Dan. In, in the end, of it. <laughs> you know what? The silver lining is always there. You're right. So yeah. It's it, 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 net net. It was probably probably good. But what I honestly appreciate though is one like like we were talking about like the excitement and the just a different way to play it. But I think it's like super fun when someone signals like this is the year I'm going to go for it. I'm all in and I'll take that risk. It just, it adds a little bit of the, the pressure and the excitement on winning. And obviously if you fall a little short, it sucks. But as someone who was totally out of it last year, like I messaged you, know, you like I was pulling for you. Not just because you were playing Scott, but like oh, I, I like actually really was because like I appreciated the hey here's my window, let's go do it and and try to win and I think that makes it fun and especially when you come back the following year being like well I'm up against it but um, we're gonna make the best of it so I'm 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 saying all that to be like I sincerely appreciate that mentality I know it's difficult but I think it made it fun as someone who sucked and was watching from the outside. 
hundred percent. Especially when you come out undefeated in week one the next year. <laughs> <laughs> Two things. One, I think we can all agree the excitement of last year was because of Dutane Clan, League Camps, like going all in. Like there was more activity around those types yes. of trades because it was just fun to be like, holy shit, they're just mortgaging <laughs> next year. Um, the second thing is let's all just put a pin in Rashad, Rashad White, do you still do you still have him? Is he still on your team? He's on my team. Yes. Okay, good. So that's the that's the player you got for that eighth round pick. And if he becomes <laughs> the next Jonathan Taylor, man, is Dan going to get a lot of shit? Hey, I hope that happens for Elster's sake because because he was active up until the last possible minute. Because I think you you gifted oh, yeah. Craig. You gifted Craig A.J. Brown like at the deadline, um, which makes me very angry with you. Um, but yes, he deserves Rashid White or whatever his name is to be to be the next big thing. So we'll see how that plays out. I'm, I'm still happy I got Kyler Murray because apparently Aaron Rodgers sucks. So if, if that worked out, at least I have one decent quarterback. So I think I'm, I'm, I'm still happy I, with the I, trade from my side. I actually mean this in all sincerity. Can I actually ask what that negotiation was like between the two of you? Because I obviously I threw out my assumption of what that conversation was like, <laughs> but I'm I'm really like really genuinely curious of how that came to be. Because you think I know Dan, you're saying the AJ Brown trade makes no sense and you're frustrated by it. Like I'm not frustrated by this one, but it's truly just does not like does not compute. Okay, I, so- I shut down when I think about it. Okay, so but, but hold on, hold on one second. Logan, explain why though. Aren't you saying I'm saying from the opposite? I think you and I are opposite sides. Where you think I gave away an eighth round pick for no reason? Yes, correct. And I'm saying somehow Craig gets AJ Brown a top fifteen wide receiver for a future ninth is insane. I think people should be mad that I got Kyler Murray for an eighth and guaranteed him on my roster when he could have easily been picked ahead of me. I mean, we will see both sides of it as we do this in the off season. And that's why we're doing it because it creates more fun and more, a more dynamic league provided everybody's engaged. But I bet if you poll the league, you'll get more people who agree with me, like what in the world versus with you, me giving away an eighth round pick for someone no one's ever heard of. So, the other side of it was I was negotiating. I had one other offer that I was entertaining and I can't pull it up right now because I have anchor.fm pulled up or whatever in the Slack app, but someone else was offering me a, uh, I think it was an eighth round or a ninth round this year. And then a eighth round or ninth round the following year. And um, then like, backed out and I was trying to maintain the trade with Dan and he like talked me down to an eighth when I think it was actually, I think it was always an eighth actually, but that was, that's the story there. It was like a multiple negotiation situation. Yeah. And Logan, what you saw, I mean, I was making other deals too. So I made other deals to position myself trading Elijah Moore, DeAndre Swift, um, made a couple other deals to acquire Mike Williams, et cetera, to make sure I could get back a pick that would then just be a bonus pick that I could give to Elster. Right. So I think I traded Swift for a third 
and some, and like two other picks, which then I basically had a free pick to just give for Kyler. Um, I would do it again in a second. Absolutely would do it again in a second, given our league. I wanted a running quarterback, and I knew Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and Lamar Jackson would all go before me in the draft. So I would 100% do it again. Um, who did you get for your for DeAndre Swift? Who did your third round pick end up being? Somebody probably really bad. <laughs> I cannot believe you gave up Swift. Ezekiel oh Elliott. Yeah. Uh, Mike so, Evans, I believe. Oh yeah, Ezekiel. Elliott. Oh yeah, Mike Evans. So I I, I had two thirds. So I, I had Mike Evans and Ezekiel Elliott. So I mean, I mean, it, it is. I mean, I think with Swift, I did not want a Lions player, and he was questionable the entire year last year. So I totally get his upside. I just frankly did not want a Lions player on my fantasy team. Like a one that I had to rely on. I have Jamal Jamal Williams. That's not the same thing. I'm not starting him every week, just hoping to not see an injury designation next to his name. So when Logan told me that he would offer me an 11th for DeAndre Swift, I was ecstatic when I got multiple picks um, back for him, including a third. Because we were actually talking about um, who would I trade him with? Birds. We were talking about a bunch of different scenarios where I could have gotten maybe an extra middle round pick, but not anything as high as a third and getting up to the third round sold it for me because it knew I would get two legit starters. Yes. Debatable whether it's it's a legit starter, but um, I get two alleged on paper starters for one in DeAndre Swift, who is already questionable the second week of the season. So, yeah. And, And to be honest, no one had made me anywhere near the type of offer that birds did. Like Logan legitimately was talking like a 10th or an 11th. Um, and so a couple other people, same thing. It was, it was a later round pick, kind of like you were doing with Murray. And I just said, screw that. I can get more. And, and I did. And it worked out. And that, that allowed me to free up ammo for other stuff, like overpaying an eighth round pick for, for Kyler Murray. I think it's going to work out for you. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, far I'm nothing's happy. working out but thanks no for, I'm, for I'm, the I'm happy like I'm happy for you Dan I really am and like you do you in terms of what how you want to do it like that's I mean that sincerely like that's great I think you just absolutely cleaned up on that DeAndre Swift trade like right it was, it was yeah I mean that's amazing that you got that and good for you it's I will always give you a hard time when I can though and if you're just giving away draft picks for no reason like that's perfect ammo for me to poke at you so love it but I'm glad it works out for so far yeah as long as we're talking about it I mean birds of prey had so many extra picks in the middle of the draft Hmm. and and he was smart he said all right I'm gonna end up with a bunch of mediocre guys I'm gonna decide on every week and he went out and said all right yeah I'm gonna give a third and whatever or he was offering like a fourth and a fifth and ended up being like a third and an eighth or whatever. Like I'm going to go out and give that and get a legit starting running back. And now look at his team. I mean, he arguably has the second or third best team on paper. So that, I, mean, I think we've seen, we've just talked about four or five different teams and scenarios that makes this offseason trading. Awesome. And yes, I'm just going to have to sit here and get pissed when it's a fucking night for AJ Brown a future night for AJ Brown going to my arch nemesis. But you know what? Maybe I should have asked Elster for him instead. Um, so I guess Craig hopped on at the last second and got it done. So good for him there. But um, as long as everybody's engaged and if we ever do this in person, I think it'd be super fun and super crazy and scary, but would could, could be really fun if we ever get that done. I'm in. There you go. 
All right. Well, we're, we're talking trades. I, I did want to bring up the couple of trades that have already happened. Uh, freelancers gave up Kyle Pitts. We gave him a lot of shit in the slack uh, for a second round pick. And so my, my take is that's a good trade. Just surprising. It came before week one. <laughs> um, and then Bobby FC gave up an eighth rounder uh, to pick up Daniel Jones, which was very random. Uh, but I guess he wanted another quarterback, and, and there you go. Um, I have—I don't remember the last time we had two trades before the season even started. So, damn, things are heating up. I'm going to go out and say that that's never happened in, in the 17 years, having yeah. two trades after the draft before the season starts. That's incredible. Between teams that aren't giving up. It's it, amazing. It's it wasn't amazing. like league camps was like, hey, give me some picks. Right. <laughs> like all these teams are trying legitimately positioning themselves. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I guess to be fair, five, a bastards just giving away Daniel Jones for a throne pick at this point. Feels... Well, to be, to be, to be fair, as I was looking at the roster, he had one too many players. He had to drop someone. And so as he's dividing who he was going to drop, if instead of just dropping someone, if you're going to like, say, okay, well, probably not going to play him a ton. He's my third quarterback or whatever it may be. Um, I'll get a pick for him rather than just dropping him. Like it's a, it's amazing of a situation. I, I, would, I didn't think about that in the context of like you can get picks, and then you had some time before you had to get your roster legal, and during that time you can make trades. Like it didn't even cross my mind that that would happen. Hundred <laughs> percent agree with you, Logan. But the case would be a bit more convincing if he didn't have a guy named Alec Pierce on his team who will likely never see the field this year. Um, DP. You know, but I mean, yeah, he's got, he also has Isaiah Spiller as his DP, which is, seems a little bit more likely. But hey, could be wrong. Alec Pierce could be the next, you know, Brandon Stokely or, I don't know, pick another white wide receiver from Peyton Manning times. But yeah, totally, totally fine with the activity and doing something bold. Um, honestly, wish I would have taken a look closer at people who had extra players. Um, cause I think, you know, I, I would have personally probably traded more than an eighth for Daniel Jones. Um, but Hey, got something for him. There you go. Um, I mean, we've talked a lot about this, but the last topic was just, Hey, who's disappointing or surprising anybody else we haven't talked about, uh, that we're, we're kind of sitting here going, Holy crap, they suck or they're better than I thought. It's really hard to single out, and I just want to call it out again. Literally 12 teams scored under 90 points. I, you'd have to go back to the archive, Scott, but I'm going to say that's never happened. In the, in, in the history of this league with 16 teams, I don't think that's ever happened, having 12 teams score under 90 points. It's pretty insane. So it'd be, it'd be unfair to single out anybody else that we already have with how shitty their week one was, but – and we already gave the flowers to Logan and to Sea City and to Craig, so I think we're I think we're good there. Yeah, it, it is crazy, and and the projected points this week are all pretty low as well. I mean, most people are under a hundred, so I don't know if this is the new norm or just a weird start to the season. I think it's a weird start to the season. People like didn't really know who was starting at running back in a lot of cases. Like I'm looking at five A bastards right now, and they have an amazing team, but lost last week because Cam Akers 
scored zero nice. points, but Cordell Patterson was on their bench who should have been playing and scored 21. So I think teams like that just need to like rejigger their lineup and they're going to be just fine. I also think it was just a weird week in the NFL too. Like just from watching red zone earlier on in the day, Yeah. like there wasn't a lot of scoring. There was like three defensive touchdowns, which represented like half of the touchdowns scored for a little while. Like it was just, I think a lower scoring week with my players that yeah, would traditionally start in the end. It'll, it'll all level out. And I think the, the assessment that we've kind of collectively made on most of these teams will probably eventually ring true. Um, sorry to you, my good friend in the Jutang clan. <laughs> it, it, this may be a short-lived uh, top trip atop the standings. Oh, 100%. It's, it's a complete aberration. It's never going to happen again. Projected to win. Projected to win this week. You never know. It, it's well, funny. If you, if you compare your roster versus the roster you're playing, I have no idea how you're projected to win. <laughs> I, I, I have no idea how MFL comes to those projections, but it, I laughed out loud when I compared the two teams side by side. I just, it, it blows my mind. Um, so that, that is a little, maybe I oversold I'm, that point a little bit. I'm going to be totally honest. I'm looking at your team right now. I have no idea who your two starting running backs are. You mean Not Eno me. Benjamin and Dontrell Hilliard? Not <laughs> even the slightest clue. Honestly, I had no idea. You could have, you could have told me they were congressmen, and I would have believed you. I had, I have no idea. But I think good luck. You have the all name team so far. I think it's like the East West uh, skit from Key and Peel. You got some interesting names on there. Uh, but yeah, when you, when you look at Geno Smith, Eno Benjamin, and Dontrell Hilliard versus. Tom Brady, Kirk Cousins, and Nick Chubb. How is that first team projected to beat that second team? I, I don't, I don't quite compute that. But uh, you know, hey, we just saw a bunch of weird shit happen. So, uh, last comment for me. I just want to call out. I'm writing this down. Elster just called Five A Bastards an amazing team. Um, maybe I think maybe they are overlooking Derek. I don't know. Hey, hey I think. Uh... I see. I like the way you think. He was in my championship. I we're, we got this. I agree. <laughs> I mean, I think pa- it's a okay, great Patrick team. Mahomes, Saquon Barkley, Cordell Patterson, DK Metcalf. I mean, depending on how Geno Smith does this year, DJ Moore. Like a solid defense with the Saints. Tight end is the only iffy situation, and they don't have a lot of depth. But if you overlook those <laughs> those two factors, then I, yes, I think I think you hit it with depending on right. He's got. Lawrence, Barkley, Patterson, and Metcalf, and more, all on shitty teams in the real NFL. Historically, I don't think that works out too well later in the season. But, hey, maybe the Falcons, uh, you know, surprise some people this year. Giants are 1-0. Big Brian Dayball, right? Big win. Giants are back. Mm. Could happen. Could happen. Giants are back. Saquon's back. (laughs) There you go. Uh, well, this has been fun. One other, one additional announcement, just in case you guys didn't see it in the Slack. I'm sure you did. Blue 32 has sadly lost the Survivor game with 63 oh. points. Uh, congratulations to C-City, who will get immunity for next week in the ever-exciting fantasy Survivor game. We love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, Anything else uh, from my co-host or the guests tonight? Seems like no. 
I was going to say my, my great running backs and my entire team is up for sale. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> make me an offer. I will give you a 2029 20, 13 Benjamin. <laughs> just, just do it to piss Dan off. It'd be great. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, everyone. That obviously got longer than it was supposed to, and it always does. And Dan, I'm sorry for thinking that it wouldn't. We'll get better uh, next time. We'll get better. Uh, we'll see you all in week two. Good luck to everyone, and we'll see you then. Bye. Thank you.